Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast. We have so much fun here, but our fun has a purpose. We want to make sure that you get something that you can use in the first five minutes of every podcast. And so today we're going to talk about something we learned in nursing school. And it kind of rhymed a little bit. It said, when under stress, assess, assess, assess. What does that mean, Laura? That just means to gather information. You know, if if your child's not feeling well, we always say if we see an interruption in two of the three activities of daily living, that's when we call a doctor. And the activities of daily living are feeding, sleeping, and general daily affect, like their mood during the day. So if they're not sleeping well and they're not feeding well, that's two out of the three. That's a red flag. If they're uh, fussy all day and they're not eating well, that's a red flag. Just an interruption in two out of those three basic activities of daily living gives you a great kind of basic guideline to be able to tell whether or not you should be alert to continue to assess or call somebody, call your pediatrician, engage another helper so that that little parent intuition that's in there that you should listen to um, is confirmed or denied. And remember, when under stress, assess, assess, assess. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the Moms on Call. They have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they're sharing their experiences as nurses, business owners, and moms with you, completely unfiltered. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. We're starting our podcast today, and I have pre-cracked Laura up (laughs) with my pre-podcast antics. And she is so great at those. That's one way that we try to loosen up a little bit, especially, you know, we're we're tired sometimes. Friend, because you, so you came to the, when I would do the toddler seminar, we would do this toddler seminar at this little theater near us. And it was so much fun. It was like 300 parents and everybody's just laughing because they all experience the same thing. You look around at all these people that look like they have it all together and they're laughing at the same thing that you are about toddlers and you just feel so great. And it's so much fun, but you came to so many of those and Laura, you literally laughed at the same joke with the same amount of enthusiasm every time we did it. Like, find a friend like that. It was so much fun. And they, (laughs) I mean, you stood up there for four plus hours talking to these people and you would have them rolling. Some would be crying. I mean, the nods that they're looking at each other. (laughs) A good kind of cry though. Yeah, yeah, a good time. (laughs) You'd get up there and people were like, (laughs) weeping, weeping. laughing. I mean, it was, those were some, I do miss those, but the toddler online course actually has that seminar. Yeah. I capture some of those. It is so much fun. It doesn't see you laughing in the back every time. That's true. Yeah. And I'll never forget this dad, you know, we're mingling and talking and talking to this mom and the dad's there. And I look at his name tag and on his name tag, it says, I do not want to be here. No, we got to give the man some credit. It was a pretty day, like middle of the afternoon, prime golf weather. 
Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. But it's so yeah. much fun. We we won him over by intermission, so it was fantastic. So <laughs> Didn't he start texting you or something? Oh my gosh, he was texting me and talking about sending me screenshots of his text to his friends, like telling his friends, look, just mom's on call. Just do it. Just do mom's on call. <laughs> You're going to end up divorced if you don't. <laughs> We made it really fun and funny, though, because we like I knew I wanted dads to come. And so many dads did, which I loved. There were moms and dads, and we just had such fun. So that brings us to our subject today. Today is toddlers. Oh, my goodness. We have these toddler resources that are one of a kind, and it's just so practical. We have the toddler book and the online classes and my favorite the Toddler by Design app. Okay. Where you can go so, in and take a little quiz. Tell me, yes. So with that Toddler by Design app, which to me is, I used it on my kids. I use it. <laughs> yes, on my kids, on other people's kids. You can put nine kids in there because literally the family that we know personally that has the most kids has nine. That's right. That's like, right. Okay. It's Right. And I love we it. We gotta be able to go for the Palmers. They have to be able to put every kid in there if they want to. That's right. And I always say, I always tell my clients, look, because they don't have nine kids. I'm like, put their name, put their age, and maybe you put mom so that mom takes this little quiz. And then dad mm -hmm. can get in and he can take it. And or grandma or whatever, and kind of get different perspectives and see how close they kind of line up. So tell us a little bit about exactly what is Toddler by Design. Well, when I would go and do toddler consults and I would partner with these families and try and find ways to help parents understand the motivators of their kids and that we're not going to homogenize every toddler. They're different and they're different than the kid down the street and they're different than the kids you had two years ago. And they're different than your cousin's kids and they're different than the kids you're standing behind in the line at the grocery store. But why and how are they different and how can we utilize that to parent them well? Really, there's about five motivators. We didn't want to make it so complicated that it just seemed it's not going to be helpful. Do so we have really any simple. like wings and... <laughs> Don't all our friends love that? And then Graham, did I pronounce that right? I want to trip over that. I know, and I can't even get you to do it. <laughs> right. I love it. I think it's so eye-opening. But this is what I call kind of that simpler version. It's down for those of, toddlers. Yes. So so many of the parenting challenges that we have with toddlers are not by virtue of parenting style. Right. They're by virtue of design. And this is what I saw going into all these things. So I broke it down into five things that spell <laughs> smart. That's why so we call it the smart okay. paradigm. So wait, wait, wait. You got to stop. So do you remember where we were? Do you remember exactly where we were when we came up with that? Do you? No. No. Where were we? Okay. We were at your pool in that little shady area. At my neighborhood pool. At, at yes. your neighborhood pool. And we're writing it. You're writing on your notebook. I've got a note. We're trying to figure out how to put these things in an mm -hmm. order so that we could really quickly shout them off. Remember and, it. And, and when I came up with it, the first word I said was smirk. Smirk. <laughs> because it's social, movement, and engineer, rule follower, and touch. But first it was engineer. They were like, it can't spell smart. But if it's an engineer, it can spell smart. smart. So that's how, yeah, that's how it got there. It was a very scientific way to that's do right. it. That's right. 
But we came up with this quiz and the social movement and engineer rule follower in touch. And hearing that even now, so many of you are like, oh, I have an idea of what my toddler is, what their motivator is. But you see that they're just so different. So whereas one kid, social kid, he just wants to be celebrated. Like when he knocks some blocks over, he looks at you for your reaction. Like they love reactions and facial expressions. And they like to see how close your eyebrows get when you get frustrated. Like they're so interested in interactions. And they're going to be motivated differently by then, say, an engineer who really wants to build a tower of blocks to see how it all fits together, how it's supposed to work, if there's predictability to it. And then he knocks it over. He's not looking for you to cheer about that. He's just wanting to figure out how to put it back together. Right. And those engineers don't hang around, don't help. Tell me how this is kind of supposed to work and then let me do it. Right. Well, and that's one of my favorite parts of the app. So we have a section called Don't Get Your Feelings Hurt If. It's like for movement kids, don't get your feelings hurt if you put them down and every time you put them down, they run away. They're not running away from you. They just love to run. Like they're movement kids. They just want to figure out how they can move, what they can climb. You know, when we see a bookcase, they see a ladder and we give these great tips for each and every one. But the quiz, I love this quiz because we have gotten hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families to take it. And the amount of people that say like it, nailed that child's motivators like on the head. It's incredible to me. So we never, I didn't know necessarily that it would come out to be that accurate, but really resonated. And each design then is broken down. So you can see what challenges come with that design. What incredible and wonderful thing this, because so many of the touch kids, I went to so many families and they felt like those touch kids who experience life through human contact, both their frustration and their elation is going to play out the same. So on one side, they're so affectionate and they'll be the first one to go hug a sibling if they fall over. And on the other side, they will swat at you or pull your hair. And those parents were feeling so horrible. Yeah. And they're like, what did I do? This kid's going to grow up to be a bully and to be able to say, no, there's actually this beautiful thing. Think about when you go watch football and everybody's cheering, like standing up and cheering because these people got out on this field and like ran into each other and wrestled them to the ground. I promise you, those kids didn't just figure that out when they got into high school. Right. Like they were made to enjoy that human contact. So it's not going to be celebrated in toddlerhood, but they're actually really helpful ways to feed into that design and to utilize that design because they want to know. They want to know how hard is too hard. They want to know, like, if they have a sibling, they're trying to touch that sibling all the times. Like my sister and I driving in the car, she would literally have to make an imaginary line between her and I. This is before iPads. She would be like, this is the line and you are not to cross it, Jenny. And I would go like right up to the line with my finger to be like, I'm not touching you. (laughs) (laughs) I could see you doing that. There is such a value in every design. And I wanted a way to be able to communicate to parents the value of being designed in these different ways and the ways that we could harness that and temper it to get the best out of it. It talks about challenges. It talks about the intrinsic value of that. Those rule followers, they are just little born leaders. They get so bossy, but they really do. They want to have the skills to be able to lead and teach. 
And then we talk about hug moment phrases. Like we tell you the actual things to say so that you can speak into that design, bring the good things out. We talk about how it applies to the four biggies, feeding, sleeping, potty training, and tantrums, right? And then we talk about don't get your feelings hurt if. So it's so encouraging and people have just really, really responded to it so well. I love the don't get your feelings hurt part because I do. I think that those kids, if we know that they're not doing those things intentionally or to hurt us Mm -hmm. or to mean-spirited, mean-spirited, then we can navigate that so much differently. So Allison is our swimmer and she teaches swim lessons. And two, maybe three years ago, I know she hopped on the phone with you and was just like, okay, I got to talk this out because she took the Toddler by Design app and used it for the kids that she was teaching because she was having Mm -hmm. a hard time. One in particular stands out. I mean, this kid was, he was just running and running and she couldn't corral him and try to get him to focus on what she was trying to do and come to find out he was a touch movement kid. (laughs) And they are. That's a good point because they're a combination. Every kid is a combination. There's just some that are more dominant and seasons than others. Some quality that's more dominant. So yeah, you'll often get two things. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so she was able to, she knew that, okay, if I can get this kid to do some jumping jacks, right in front of me, then if I bopped him on the nose or tousled his hair, I could get him into the pool a whole lot faster. And as long as I kept engaging where, you know, she would do these games on the side of the pool where he had to keep moving. And then she would be right there so that he would have to move the toy to where her hand is. And he had put his hand on her hand. And all of those things have helped her so much. And I think that even teachers who are listening, that that Toddler by Design app, It just opens our eyes to how they're designed and the ways that we can best communicate with them. Yeah, and it is a supplement to all of the other great. There are things that just work with every toddler, and we talk about that in the toddler seminar. We talk about that in the toddler book. And this is just like this added resource. Like you really want to speak into the heart of who they are. We're going to give you the tools to do that and to understand why one kid is different than another. And to just be able to have... We're not homogenizing every toddler. They're not all going to respond to the same thing. And this is why we're not going to make them all a rule follower. We're going to oh, see man. how they were designed and we're going to appreciate exactly the way they were created and be able to speak into that. So that is what is so much fun. And I love it. I often think, oh, you know, man, if I just had that rule follower, that would be so awesome. But what are mm. some of the things that <laughs> but they're bossy. That's right. But they get in that bossy state. Look, if you have a dueling authority, if a rule follower <laughs> is a dueling authority, sometimes like if one parent gets home yes. from work, then they kind of go into a tailspin. Like if I'm not sure who's in charge, that rule follower will be more than happy to take charge in the absence of a clear authority. So sometimes mom and dad have to like hand it off like, oh, great, mom's here. And now I love it. She makes such great decisions. So she's going to be deciding about dinner. And that just speaks to that little rule follower, like, okay, now it's, I know who's still, who's in charge of things and little phrases to say, like, you'll have to say, "Mm -mm, no, mommy decides that I'm good at it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I you have like these one. little zingers. They're yeah, so because, helpful. And they're right in your pocket, which I think is so great. Right, right in that moment, you can pull those up and we call those sanity savers, right? Is that yeah, the, sanity, the sanity savers, savers and the hug and, moment and, phrases. Yes, yes. And the hug moment we phrases. Just, we want to be practical. Like if you can't think of something simple in the moment, because you have multiple kids and you have so many demands and you're trying to work and get the laundry done and feed the dog and schedule the people to come fix the, you know, whatever mailbox, <laughs> then we just give you short things. Here's what you can say. Like, is it in the app? Yeah. Press this button. Here's something you can say. And I love that. I think toddler by design really made it simple enough. It's not overwhelming, Jennifer. You did Good. such a great job at trying to keep it to where we can take it. It's what, 20, 24 questions, something mm-hmm. like 25 that. Questions. So we can yeah. kind of get it taken. And then each section, you know, it's, it's a five, 10 minute read and you can go back to it and you have it available. And, and it really is so helpful at trying to navigate the day to day stuff with our toddlers that I think, and I think it's a new way of really looking at what we're doing in our homes. Well, and understanding too, your kids' friends, because they come over and they're different. You're like, why isn't this kid going to follow any of the rules? Well, they're not a rule follower, but you can't, like when you have that framework, you're like, oh, you start to be able to see them in this light. And then it helps you to be able to interact, teach your kids to interact. It's just I hope that people just love it. So far, it's been so well-received, and it's one of the first of its kind. So it's really, really exciting to be able to have that. So go check it out. That's the Toddler by Design app. And let's see how your kids are designed. Yes, because it may not be a result. The challenge you have may not be a result of parenting style. It may be a result of design. We love taking your questions. Give us a call at 888-234-7979. Hi, my name is Maddie Dieterich, and I'm from Utah, and I have two little ones. I have a 19-month-old and a three-week-old, and my question is, I will be going to Newport on vacation with my family in July, and my little family of four, my husband and I and our two daughters, will be um, sharing one room. Is it even possible that my three-week-old could learn to sleep through the night before then. I'm really nervous about our 19-month-old, um, as we'll all be sharing a room. and worried about uh, her sleeping, obviously, <laughs> while we're there, as our three-week-old is waking up, you know, three or so times a night. So, anyways, I just wanted to know if that's even something possible to hope for, or if and you not even hope for that. <laughs> Anyways, that's my question. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, Maddie, it is the sweetest thing to hear that baby in the background. That oh, is so much that. fun. Oh, my gosh. All those sweet, sweet, sweet noises. Well, we have some good news for you. Um, you know, we have a general rule. When you have a multi-child household, we don't try and save the quiet one. Um, and... There is, we partner with um, SlumberPod, which is just an awesome tool that can help you set kind of a separate 
space for the baby. It's almost like a, a little tent that gives the baby their own separate space where you can set up the mom's on-call principles right there when you're all sharing a room, which we love, love, love. And then there's a few other things that we can do, Laura. So we want to make sure that we keep that sleep environment, one, safe, of course. Each kid has to have a safe sleep environment. So we want to make sure to keep that room as safe as we possibly can. And yes, Jennifer, that slumber pod is a great way to help create that safe environment. Bring the sound machine. Uh, Make sure that you have that available. Also, sheets washed at your home really does help create kind of that same familiar environment that they're so used to. And really what's going to happen is these kids are going to be so excited about seeing family and being on the go that chances are they're going to go to bed pretty easily. And that little 19-month-old will sleep usually through almost anything. When I had my twins and they would, you know, of course, stay in the same room all the time. Um, one of them sometimes would just cry so loud. I thought we the neighbors would wake up and the other child slept like nothing was happening. So oftentimes we're so afraid about our kids who were built in with this accommodation. And what we say is, you know, siblings, they first accommodate their, you know, brother or sister, then they accommodate schoolmates and they accommodate, you know, the world. It just teaches them those first seeds of compassion and the ability to be adaptable. And no matter what happens while you're on vacation, go back to the mom's on call routines as soon as you get home and everything will go back to that great schedule that you're enjoying ahead of time. And yes, if the baby's three weeks old, I would say, I don't want to set up the expectation that that baby will be sleeping through the night before you go (laughs) Uh, you know, and, and it might, and you know, she might, but um, we're not going to set that expectation because we don't force that. That happens when it's, when it's time to happen. And I can't remember exactly when you said you were going, it was, you know, in four to six weeks or something like that. So she may be well on her way to sleeping through the night, but we're not going to set that expectation. We're just going to keep that environment the same. We're going to try and hit a few of our C times during the day. And right when you get back home, we'll get things back on track. But try to keep it as stress-free as possible and enjoy being with your family. Hey, moms. My name is Kelsey. Um, my son Hudson is seven months old. And thanks to your um, program, he's definitely been sleeping through the night so much earlier on than most of my friends um, who have not done the sleep training program. So thank you for that. Um, my question here is, what do you guys recommend in terms of um, getting your baby to use a sippy cup a little bit easier? I feel like we're struggling a little bit on this. Um, and even at daycare, they try to offer it, but he just seems to bite and chew on the the, the nipple that the uh, sippy cup has. So maybe any advice that you guys can provide Hudson and I here from Philadelphia, that would be super helpful. Thanks, Mom. Hey, Kelsey. So sippy cups are so much fun, but we do tend to get a little bit stressed out about them. And really what I want to encourage you is to just find a few different kinds. So I like the ones that are spouted when you first start. Uh, I also like open cups and straws. And as far as trying to force them to hold it and, you know, tilt it up and figure out how that works, really what happens is time and opportunity. Absolutely. So we just let them have time and opportunity 
and believe that they're really going to be able to get this. So do have, you know, yeah, you can hold it for them for, you know, a minute or two. Well, at this age, probably 30 <laughs> the seconds whole time. or so. Right. right? Um, and just let them become familiar with it too. Familiarity breeds mastery. And then you will see that they are so capable of figuring this out. And, you know, at a year, Go check out the Moms on Call resources. The um, best one there is the 6 to 15 month book. And we talk about all those transitions because at 12 months, it's a huge transition in the amount of nutrition that kids get in a liquid form. So, um, you know, sometimes we just have these expectations that they're going to drink so much and uh, they don't, they don't always do that. So check out those um, guidelines and, um, and we believe in you. They are strong, adaptable, and resilient. If you give them enough time and opportunity, any number of sippy cups is going to do the trick. Hey, this is Molly calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'm calling about my, she's about to be 12 weeks old, um, but she was born premature. So she was born at uh, gestational 33 weeks. And I'm really just curious about developmental milestones um, in terms of a premature baby. So she'll be 12 weeks on Friday. Um, but if she was born at 33 weeks, I know that they consider her developmental milestones to be pushed back a little bit. Um, I guess my question is more about, like, what is normal? What should I expect? When do they start the milestones? Um, if that makes sense. Thank you so much. Bye. Hey, Molly, that's a great question. And in fact, Jennifer and I created this preemie progression cheat sheet. Uh, say that three times fast. <laughs> preemie, um, preemie progress cheat sheet. No, yeah, something like that. It's in the Knowledge Center over on the website. And the reason we did that was because it is. It's hard to try and keep all the numbers and the weeks and the gestational weeks and the actual weeks. And, oh, they're adjusted. And nobody really knows how old this kid is. Um, Who knew so <laughs> having kids involved so much math? <laughs> and, and Jennifer and I both had twins or preemies. Mm -hmm. So we yeah. know what that is like. And so really... In the absence of severe medical issues, usually, and again, this is a broad guideline, your mom's on-call consultant can really come alongside you and kind of hit it a little closer to exact, but a broader guideline is about 50% of how early they are uh, is really that grace period that we like to give them. So let's say you said 33 weeks, 40 is full term. So that's about seven weeks. Take half of that. So we would see those developmental milestones happening about three and a half weeks later to probably five to six. So somewhere you get a range. That's what you get when you have preemies. It's going to be in that range. And um, so you can still use some of those um, tools that you find online for that, but let them progress at their own pace. Keep track of all that wonderful stuff and know, yes, we brought home preemies and had to do so much math. We tried to make it easy for you. So if you want to know how to progress up in your mom's on-call schedules with a preemie, we have mapped it out. So you have to do as little math as possible. And give them that grace period. Look at it as a grace period. We'll get through it together. You can leave us a voicemail 24-7, even during your 2 a.m. feeding at 888-234-7979 with your question. And we might answer it on an upcoming show. You should also follow us on Instagram because we sometimes answer questions from there as well. Now, we move on to the good stuff. We 
and each show with something that is going to leave you with a smile on your face. I love this. There are so many moms who have done things first. And this list is so cool. And we're going like way back, you know, way back. (laughs) Okay. So I love this one. In 1872, Josephine Cochran, she was a mom of two. She created the very first dishwasher. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) That was not herself. (laughs) All right, all right. What about this one? So... Ruth Wakefield. Do you know who Ruth Wakefield is? I don't. I think I'm going to like her, though. This is a great list to be on. She invented chocolate chip cookies, and she is responsible for the original Toll House cookie recipe. My grandkids survived on that. (laughs) Like, they love her so much. They Right now, if they're listening, they're like, if she could adopt me, I'd be good. That would be awesome. That was their thing. My husband, Tim, and the boys, they would always have chocolate chip cookies. He'd make them for them at night. Hey, and Tim's pretty awesome at making brownies, too. I'm and just he's saying. a great baker. Yes. Thank That's you, right. Ruth. All right. Martha <laughs> Costin had four kids to support. She ended up widowed, had these four kids that she had to support. And in 1859, she created the very first marine signal flares. What? Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say flags because one time when we were at the beach, all these people come running in from the shore. And I'm like, I am certain this is like a shark or something. And what they were screaming by the time they got to us was jellyfish invasion. Oh, wow. (laughs) And they were all coming in. And so, yeah, so the flags were good, but these are flares. So this is like, if you are in trouble... Like, you have four kids. She probably needed the flare for her own family and thought, you know, you can see this from far away. Maybe we could put this on a boat. (laughs) Well, back then, like, how were you supposed to alert your neighbor? That's 1859. That may have been the only way. She was like, please come help. Now we text each other. Now we text each other. Exactly. Martha was desperate. She's like, yeah, I'm making a flare. I'm going to figure this out. All right. Mary and Donovan created the very first waterproof, reusable diaper. Now, this led to disposable diapers, and Pampers actually bought her creation, which the design of that led to better even cloth diapers that we use today. So, (laughs) hey, Marion, I am so thankful that we had her figuring out that. Mary and Donovan, I want to kiss you on the face. Ever. When you have uh, twins, we yeah, 16 diapers a day. I just she's now one of my favorite people in the whole world. <laughs> she's our hero. She's our hero. All right. Last one. So Sarah Elizabeth Good was her and her husband kind of owned this furniture store, and she was actually the very first woman to receive a U.S. patent. And um, and what she ended up, because there was limited space, so she was having people who were trying to figure out how to get beds in these smaller places. She invented the beds that would kind of fold up into a cabinet so that they could come out at night but be put away for the daytime. So, of course, now we know them. Um, 
as the Murphy bid. Um, and the list could go on and on and on. And really, what I want to tell you guys today is that there is somebody listening who has an incredible idea right now, right in the middle of diapers <laughs> and needing flares for somebody <laughs> to, to come get and help. neighbors to come help. <laughs> and those ideas are good. And one day we hope somebody has a podcast with a list with your name on it. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. Please visit momsoncall.com for more resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive this amazing parenting journey.